For all you elk hunters out there, chasing turkeys is basically the same thing. I know the reaction you just gave me, but don't knock it till you try it and don't try it without OnX. The Hunt app will not only help you find new areas on public ground, but I use it to find out landowner info to get permission on private ground that I see birds on as well. OnX Hunt has a special offer for you. Use code CAL to receive 20% off your membership at onxmaps.com hunt and find more birds this spring. Hey, I just sat down with the owners and operators of Maui Nui Venison. They're on a mission to balance access deer populations on Maui while giving back to the community and run a totally sustainable operation. For folks like me who want to get your own meat but aren't always successful, you can become a snack subscriber, get some access deer sticks sent right to your door. Visit MauiNuiVenison.com. That's M-A-U-I-N-U-I venison.com and use promo code cal for 20 percent off your first order outdoor adventure won't wait for engine problems things like hard starts rough performance and lost fuel economy are often caused by fuel gum and varnish buildup sea foam can help your engine run better and last longer simply pour a can in your gas tank hunters and anglers rely on sea foam to keep their engines running the way it should the entire season Pick up a can of Seafoam today at your local auto parts store or visit SeafoamWorks.com to learn more. That's SeafoamWorks.com to learn more. From Meat Eaters World News Headquarters in Bozeman, Montana, this is Cal's Week in Review with Ryan Cal Callahan. Now, here's Cal. Body shaming. The act of shaming someone for their body type is a common tool of the bully, and sadly, not limited to humans. Recently, U.S. Fish and Wildlife posted a picture of a black bear to Facebook. Like any picture post on Facebook, the picture generated a lot of nasty comments. The arguably very healthy bear was called names like Chunky Monkey and Tubby. Some people did, of course, come to the bear's defense, suggesting that the black bear was in a pre-hibernation state or was pregnant. However, the bear pictured was in the spring, as in post-hibernation, and a male, which, of course, rules out pregnancy. Good news, the bear is a bear. It is not aware of this, and the only thing on his mind, thanks to his beautiful physical condition, is finding a mate. Do you find me sexy? This week, we are talking policy, law enforcement, and the Great American Outdoors Act. So hold on to your butts. But first, I'm going to tell you about my week. Just like I mentioned last week, I met a group of friends on the mighty Missouri, just outside of Craig, Montana. We cooked all the prep turkey bits I was talking about, gizzards, tails, hearts, and wings over a raging campfire. Firewood, you know by now, was cut by a steel electric chainsaw. Actually ran both the MSA 200 and the 220 that day. That was a good day. Then I used the steel pro splitting hatchet to work up some kindling. The 2.7 pound drop forge steel head, that's steel as in S-T-E-E-L, is a fine weight on a 20-inch hatchet. I greatly recommend it. It's a heck of a camp asset. 
After that, we even caught some fish on the river using a leader a little too short in length and flies a little too small for comfort under a bobber primarily. It was a very good time. To top it off, out of all those turkey wings, several pellets appeared, but no broken teeth. We did well. Here's a fun fact for you. If you stay at Montana Fish, Wildlife, and Parks Fishing Access Site Campgrounds, your campground fees are discounted if you have a valid Montana fishing license. So pick one up. Quick public service announcement. Last week, I read part of a statement from Georgia Department of Natural Resources telling people to fill holes on private property that could potentially be the burrows of an invasive and destructive species, the Argentine black and white tegu. Do not do this unless you are absolutely sure that the hole or burrow in question is only occupied by an invasive lizard, not the gopher tortoise. In fact, why don't you just set up a lawn chair and enjoy Memorial Day weekend with the 22 in your lap monitoring the suspected hole for a monitor-type lizard. Next, on to emails. And this is a good one. I do not know the answer, so please write in. A father with a newborn in need of an open-heart surgery and some time in the outdoors writes in to ask about the existence of any support groups that are outdoor-oriented and may have been through similar troubles with their kids. And yes, Colin and Denver, join BHA and chat with those folks in the Colorado chapter. It's a very active BHA chapter, very full of good people. If you need proof as to the sort of people in backcountry hunters and anglers, we'll jump over to the crime desk briefly in Oklahoma, not Colorado. Two Piedmont, Oklahoma teens, Easton Karam and Ryder Jones, when fishing in a neighborhood pond, not only witnessed but confronted a full-grown man cast netting bass off of their spawning beds. According to the Oklahoman, one of the teens, Easton Karam, is quoted as saying, Hey dude, you can't keep a bass out of a cast net. You can keep a bass on a rod and reel. At which point, the confrontation turned a bit ugly. The so-called adult began cussing at the two legal and younger anglers. Eventually, when the now poacher was informed that Oklahoma Department of Wildlife and Conservation had been contacted, the angry little man threw the fish back, cussed at the teens, and drove off. Later, that individual was contacted by the ODWC, ticketed for unlawful take, and in a bizarre twist of behavior, displaying oddly adult-like tendencies even, he paid the full fine. Now, the point for Colin, the listener looking for outdoors-oriented support group, is Easton's father, Josh Karam, is the chairman of the Oklahoma chapter of Backcountry Hunters and Anglers, and he obviously did a fine job raising this young man. Another point I would like to make that the good folks at Channel 9 News Oklahoma, who posted the video taken by the teens, failed to mention is the sub-adult unlawful fisherman is in full golf attire. Striped collared shirt, those short little socks, striking. Now, I don't want you to think I am stereotyping here based on costume alone. I have, in full disclosure, spent some time on golf courses, starting at a very young age watching my uncle's grandpa and dad play, and I have witnessed temper tantrums consistent with the footage I just saw. So, you know, if the uh, low-top, insignificantly spiked shoe fits... 
anyway, for those of you in the golf community, be careful who you share that next tee time with. And to wrap up this story, a good Samaritan steps forward after watching the confrontation and having been reminded of his own similar situation as a young man being exposed to bad behavior from a fellow adult angler and how that bad behavior can leave a lasting scar. This good Samaritan didn't even want to go back to the same lake. After his incident, he didn't want something similar to happen to these two kids, so he went out and purchased them lifetime Oklahoma fishing licenses and gift cards for more fishing gear. Easton and Ryder, well done. You acted like adults by giving the person a chance to right their wrongs. When, even then, the person couldn't do the right thing, or chose not to, rather, you called the proper authorities. Well done. You acted like a steward of the resource should act. You acted like an adult. You can fish with me anytime. But be careful out there when approaching strangers, especially those who are already breaking the law. Also, Easton, great-looking first light hat, buddy. Ryder, take some fashion tips, bro. I'm not your bro bro. And sincerely to our good Samaritan, Mr. Josh Grogus. Well done. Way to act and act selflessly. It is so easy to criticize and do nothing. Rewarding good acts takes a lot more thought and effort. Thank you. Moving on. For all you elk hunters out there, chasing turkeys is basically the same thing. I know the reaction you just gave me, but don't knock it till you try it and don't try it without on X. The Hunt app will not only help you find new areas on public ground, but I use it to find out landowner info to get permission on private ground that I see birds on as well. Onyx Hunt has a special offer for you. Use code CAL to receive 20% off your membership at onxmaps.com slash hunt and find more birds this spring. We've all seen plenty of gadgets and fads come and go, but here's one product that stood the test of time. Seafoam motor treatment. Lots of hunters and anglers know that seafoam helps engines run better and last longer. It's really simple. When you pour it in your gas tank, seafoam cleans harmful fuel deposits that cause engine problems. I'm talking common stuff like hard starts, rough engine performance, or lost fuel economy. Seafoam is an easy way to prevent or overcome these problems. Just pour a can in your gas tank and let it clean your fuel system. You probably know someone who has used a can of seafoam to get their truck or boat going again. I guarantee you've listened to them because I use it you know, regularly. People everywhere rely on seafoam to keep their trucks, boats, and small engines running the way they should the entire season. Help your engine run better and last longer. Pick up a can of seafoam today at your local auto parts store or visit seafoamworks.com to learn more. O'Reilly Auto Parts are in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offer friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs. If you're confused about what part you need, like what wipers are going to be the best, what replacement headlights are going to be the best, go into O'Reilly and talk to the people that work there because they're great and they're super friendly and they'll get you squared away where you walk out knowing you got the right thing. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. Do you need your windshield wipers replaced? you need a brake light fixed? you need some quick service? They'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help. 
The professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts are your one-stop shop for all things auto do-it-yourself, and you can find what you need in-store or online. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit us at O'ReillyAuto.com slash eater. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash eater. Back on episode 19, way back in September of 2019, we covered the Department of Interior's Acting Secretarial Order 3376, in which Secretary David Bernhardt instructs directors of the National Park Service, the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service, Bureau of Land Management, and the Commissioner of the Bureau of Reclamation to expressly exempt all e-bikes from falling under the definition of off-road vehicle, and further, to exempt e-bikes from being defined as a motor vehicle. It further orders those individuals to plan for expanded use of e-bikes where appropriate. For the National Park Service, Secretarial Order 3376 stated that e-bikes are now allowed wherever bicycles are allowed. As a refresher, within Secretarial Order 3376 lies a reclassification of what should be considered motorized. Spoiler alert, if it is a bike with a motor on it, and you are thinking, boy, that sounds a lot like a motorcycle, you're wrong. As long as that motorcycle has a one horsepower or less motor, it is considered non-motorized. For the record, I think the brains of Americans have broken when we have to try and come up with a rule that says a motor is not a motor, and we use the word motor when defining the rule. I think motorcycles are great and sometimes fun tools. I think ATVs and side-by-sides and even e-bikes are great and sometimes fun tools. I think horses, mules, llamas, and my feet are great and fun tools. My confusion and frustration on this one lies with the why. Why do we need to redefine what we call a motor? I have a hard time understanding how that benefits the recreational community at all. We already have a process in place to change trail use designation, making a non-motorized trail motorized, or vice versa. This can already be done. Changing what we call a motor is not a necessity. So again, what is the reasoning? Senator Mike Lee of Utah introduced a bill that would allow mountain bikes in wilderness areas just this last fall as well. Could this be a step to open wilderness areas to motorized vehicles? Excuse me, non-motorized bicycles with motors on them? I don't know. It's interesting, though. We have about 529 million acres of public land that already provide at least some access for motorized or mechanized travel. According to the Bureau of Transportation Statistics, we have over 1.3 million miles of public dirt roads in the U.S. and roughly 2.8 million miles of paved riding surfaces. Do we need to open up the less than 2% of federally designated wilderness to wheels when that's the only place left that doesn't have them? I sure don't think so. Right now, I can go burn gas with my neighbor and his pile of dirt bikes on BLM ground. When I want separation from that crowd, I can find a non-motorized trail and hike or pedal on U.S. Forest Service ground. When I want something different, chance to maybe take the pack string of mules and ponies to a place where I won't risk a wreck or rodeo by having a mountain bike or e-bike quietly surprising the string, I can head into a wilderness area. 
It is the regulations that help provide these experiences. The choose-your-own-adventure book we live in right now. Another thing that I find interesting, as the public comment periods, which are National Park Service, Federal Fish and Wildlife, ending June 8th, BLM June 9th, Bureau of Reclamation June 12th, come to a close, is the twisting of stories being told here. One in particular by an e-bike manufacturer in Eagle, Colorado. For those of you who don't know Eagle, Colorado, the quite fancy ski resorts of Vale, Aspen, and Beaver Creek are right in this vicinity. You could call them a little elitist even. Well, this e-bike manufacturer located here is regurgitating a tired, old, anti-wilderness argument that people who are willing to walk are, in fact, the elitists. That wilderness should be open to motor vehicles, the choice of the common person. You see, more folks come into this world with nothing, just naked. It's them and their motor vehicle, not them and their feet. In this case, this particular company is making the argument that the e-bikes that they sell that start at $2,569 and top out at about $6,200, that's $6,200, is making the case that the elitists are the ones self-propelling themselves. What kind of snobs self-propel themselves? If you were an egalitarian type, one who sat on a $2,500 to $6,000 electric bike like the rest of us folks, you'd see those people with their hoity-toity feet as elitists. I'll tell you what. I wonder how far this company is willing to take this argument. If you sit up in bed under your own power, putting those stomach muscles to use instead of having what God gave everyone, an electric hospital bed that can do it for you, then are you an elitist? If, in order to get around, you must use a wheelchair that you wheel under your own power, are you an elitist? Let them eat cake. There are electric wheelchairs out there. The argument that an easier way will allow people to get to these amazing places that are, at this point, by design, out of the way, which is what keeps them amazing, is, I'm sorry to say, just a bunch of crap, people. It is these same folks who are crying that if only electric bicycles were allowed, then they could travel to the heart of the Bob Marshall Wilderness Area and see the Chinese Wall in the spring. It is those people that if those bikes are allowed, they're going to be complaining about how hard the bike seats are and how there should be something better. They're going to be advocating for hovercrafts or hoverboards or RV hookups next spring. Let me put it this way. I am a college dropout. I attended the University of Montana and eventually quit. There were many people I went to school with who continued on to graduate. Nothing conspired against me. Had I wanted to complete my degree, I would have found a way to do it. Saying anything else would be a lie. A lie like saying a bike with a motor on it is not a motorbike. A lie like saying the reason for allowing motorized bikes on non-motorized trails is to end elitism in the backcountry. If you love e-biking and you want them everywhere, that is fine. That is a fine argument. An honest belief that I cannot disagree with. It's what you love. I get that. Don't twist it into an argument that sows division amongst the other people who love to be outside doing what they love to do. 
Those people who are motorless or bikeless or horse rich or bike rich love that stuff too. So if you love e-bikes and want to use them wherever you choose, your deadlines are again June 8th for Federal Fish and Wildlife and the National Park Service. June 9th for the BLM. June 12th for the Bureau of Reclamation. Now, it gets a little tricky writing in your comments. You need to reference the regulation identifier number for each proposed rule and the agency you are providing a comment to. If you go to peopleforbikes.org, you will find that all of this information is laid out for you, and you can click, copy, and paste what you find there and draft your own letters. If you think e-bikes are just fine and a great tool, but only on motorized trails, then you can go to peopleforbikes.org and use all that information and build your own responses and tell those agencies that you don't want the electric motorcycles on non-motorized trails. You probably know which direction I lean. Moving on to the law enforcement desk. Just this week, a 56-year-old youper which is a person residing in the Upper Peninsula of Michigan, was arraigned Wednesday in Chippewa County's 91st District Court on charges of killing 18 wolves, three bald eagles, deer, turkey, bear, and bobcat. Wolves in Michigan are on the federal endangered species list, and eagles anywhere are protected under the Bald and Golden Eagle Protection Act. In a statement from the Uper, whom presumably knew at this point how much trouble he was in, he said... He was catching the animals because he could, and he likes to do it. Straightforward fella, which, oddly enough, makes me respect the guy to a degree. Not for the reprehensible, sociopathic theft of wildlife, but for the straightforwardness. In that regard, the guys from the previous story who are bringing egalitarianism to the backcountry for the low, low price of $6,000 an e-bike could learn something from that guy. Of course, the poacher is pleading not guilty. According to Detroit News, the Chippewa County Prosecutor's Office is seeking $30,000 in restitution to the state. He could face an additional 90 days in jail per wolf, per eagle, and up to 90 days in jail for the additional 100-plus wildlife crimes not listed. We'll check back in on this one to see what sticks. Good job, Michigan DNR. Jumping over to Oregon... Four people have been charged with illegal taking of deer, elk, black bear, bobcat, and cougar in the mid-Willamette Valley and Coast Range. The foursome allegedly poached at least 27 big game animals. The Statesman Journal reports that in this case, the DA will seek $162,700 in restitution. Couple of things here. First, a fun fact for you. If you turn in a poacher or have information leading to a conviction in Oregon, you can either take a cash reward, or, if you are a hunter, take that reward and preference points, which will go towards your uh, next drawing of your next tag, which is a pretty cool way to get ahead on that old point creep. Not sure how many points you get for turning in what sort of crime, or if it's like a graduated scale. Like, uh, you know, somebody forgets their fishing license, you get uh, a point... Versus somebody kills 27 big game animals and the state gets $162,700, so you get uh, maybe 16 points. I'll check into that. Second, either the state of Oregon is much more serious about wildlife crime, judging by the difference of over $130,000 in restitution, or 
our UP poacher just hasn't had any federal charges yet on the killing of ESA-listed animals. I'll check back in on that one, too. Moving on to the National Park Desk. As national parks reopen, the public rushes in and, of course, attempts to pet bison, as, not surprisingly, happened in Yellowstone National Park last week. One woman received minor injuries and refused medical help. Perhaps a little too late, the National Park Service released a new series of posters encouraging park visitors to practice their social distancing with animals and with other visitors. All estate agencies' fishtensing campaigns, the National Park Service suggests standing at least the width of a moose's antlers apart or one grizzly bear from the next park guest. Of course, the appropriate distance from an actual grizzly bear would be 300 feet. And, if you want my opinion, a bit more, and make sure they uh, are downwind of you. Back to the policy desk, and this one is a biggie. It looks like the Senate will finally be voting on the Great American Outdoors Act when Congress returns from recess next month. Senators Cory Gardner, Joe Manchin, Steve Daines, Mark Warner, Rob Portman, Martin Heinrich, and 53 other senators have co-sponsored this package, which means we're one co-sponsor shy of a possible supermajority, meaning we aren't out of the woods yet. But if you have ever heard the words Land and Water Conservation Fund, that's not anything new to you. Old hat, you could say. Yes, and this package is full dedicated funding of Land and Water Conservation Fund, LWCF, $900 million annually starting fiscal year 2021. For one of the most powerful tools in providing more access to the outdoors, we love it so much we want to see this happen. But don't forget, this package has $9.5 billion to address the maintenance backlog in our national parks. Parks get 70%, our U.S. Forest Service ground 15%, 5% for the BLM, 5% for the Bureau of Indian Education, and 5% for U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service. That is a heck of a maintenance backlog, a heck of a budget, and a heck of a lot of jobs to get the work done. Make those phones ring. Hope you had an excellent outdoor-oriented Memorial Day weekend. I hope you said your thank yous and prayers to our men and women who have died in service for this country. This is your homework after you do all those good things. Call your duly elected and make sure they know how much America's public lands mean to you, your health, and your family, and you want that land taken care of by passing the Great American Outdoors Act. And... Don't forget to say thank you to Senators Gardner, Manchin, Danes, Warner, Portman, Heinrich, and the 53 others that co-sponsored the Great American Outdoors Act package and led the charge. That's Republicans and Democrats alike, by the way. Thanks for listening. Remember, you can always get a hold of me by writing in to A-S-K-C-A-L at TheMeatEater.com. That's AskCal at TheMeatEater.com. Tell me what I'm missing in your neck of the woods. Tell me what I got wrong, and don't be afraid to just tell me a hunting or fishing story. Thanks again. I'll talk to you next week. Hey, I just sat down with the owners and operators of Maui Nui Venison. They're on a mission to balance axis deer populations 
on Maui while giving back to the community and run a totally sustainable operation. For folks like me who want to get your own meat but aren't always successful, you can become a snack subscriber, get some Axis Deer sticks sent right to your door. Visit MauiNuiVenison.com. That's M-A-U-I-N-U-I venison.com and use promo code cal for 20 percent off your first order outdoor adventure won't wait for engine problems things like hard starts rough performance and lost fuel economy are often caused by fuel gum and varnish buildup seafoam can help your engine run better and last longer simply pour a can in your gas tank hunters and anglers rely on seafoam to keep their engines running the way it should the entire season Pick up a can of Seafoam today at your local auto parts store or visit SeafoamWorks.com to learn more. That's SeafoamWorks.com to learn more.